the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mirroring America's General Motors, Ford and Jeep, Japan's Nissan Motors says it will slash production at several factories in Japan next month. It's the latest automaker to be impacted by the shortage of semiconductor chips. Nissan hopes to make up for the lost production once the chip supply begins flowing again. Correspondent Ken Lorman. The shootings continue. Authorities in Wisconsin say three people are dead, two left with serious injuries. Following a shooting early today at a tavern, the Kenosha County Sheriff David Beth says the suspect is still at large, but he does not believe the general public is in any danger because the shooter targeted specific people. This is SRN News. Mark Levin says it's easy to predict the future. And what they're doing to our country is a sin. But by hook or by crook, they're going to get millions and millions of people into this country from south of the border. And then there'll be another wave of amnesty. And another wave after that. And then legalization. And then chain migration. We know exactly what's going on here. Then citizenship. Mark Levin. Weeknights at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. You're tuned in to AM 1280 The Patriot. Weather for today, we got sunny and a high of 65, moving in the showers likely and a low of 33 for tonight. Tomorrow, partly sunny and a high of 43, moving in the partly cloudy and a low of 29. Visit am1280thepatriot.com now to nominate a hometown hero, then complete up to 30 acts of kindness for additional entries in our annual kindness challenge. If you win, will one, cover you and your hero's car payments for a year, or two, gift you both $12,000 towards a new vehicle. Sponsored by Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag NarnShow. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. On this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon. In mid-April, hope you've had a uh, fantastic weekend and a lot to get to on this broadcast, as there is each and every week. I always I feel like I start every show saying, well, a lot to get to. Well, that goes without saying when you're covering weeks worth of news <laughs> in a couple of hours. But uh, obviously, I'm going to spend the lion's share of the first hour, uh, if not the entire hour, talking about the uh, shooting incident in Brooklyn Park last Sunday. In fact, it was about... Uh, while we were on the air, it turns out, a little after 2 p.m. last Sunday in Brooklyn Center, which is a suburb just north of uh, North Minneapolis, uh, 20-year-old uh, Dante Wright was uh, pulled over in his vehicle by uh, Brooklyn Center police. And after it was learned he had a warrant out for his arrest, the police were going to take him under arrest. And... As they were attempting to cuff him, he got back in his vehicle, and Officer Kimberly Potter uh, took out what she thought was her taser and was threatening to tase him if he didn't uh, put the car back in park and be taken under arrest. Well, what she actually had was her firearm, and she shot him, which she horrifyingly realized uh, after she discharged her weapon. She said, holy 
crap, I shot him. And Dante Wright drove away, ended up crashing into another vehicle a couple blocks down the road and ended up dying as a result of this gunshot wound. Horrible incident. Uh, I've seen the body cam footage. I imagine many of you have, too. Uh, I didn't think that there was really anything that could take uh, the focus away from the Derek Chauvin trial here in the Twin Cities, but this this one did. And there's been protests, uh, some peaceful, and then there are other opportunists that come in and undermine the peaceful protests. Uh, But something has been going on each of the past several nights, every night since this took place. Uh, Within a couple of days of this incident, uh, Officer Potter uh, resigned, even though she was merely put on administrative leave at first. You know, pending the investigation, she resigned, and then she was later brought up on charges of second-degree manslaughter, which uh, carries a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison and a $20,000 fine. Uh, Basically what happened is the uh, police chief, now former police chief, Tim Gannon, when he was giving his initial statements, uh, indicated by by all accounts, Officer Potter thought she had her taser. But in actuality, she had her firearm, and this, uh, and so this, in the minds of the police chief, now former police chief, because he resigned, was an accidental discharge. And obviously, no one was going to accept that. Well, before it, before video, before body cam footage was even released, there was already unrest in the city. Uh, in fact, I we'll go to that audio clip right away. Um, let me see. I, I know I've uh, numbered these here, Jacob. So let me look at this. Yeah, this uh, cut number one. Uh, Brooklyn Center Police Chief uh, Tim Gannon, he was still police chief as of this time. Uh, He, on Monday, uh, came out with a statement regarding this shooting and indicated he thought it was an accidental discharge. And at some point, you know, during this uh, press conference where he was taking media questions, he had referred to um, some of the unrest as a riot. Now, there were peaceful protesters out there. Because, unfortunately, they've seen this played out way too many times, the way it was blasted around the news media of an unarmed black man dying at the hands of police. And as a result, you had protesters come on out, some doing a vigil, others expressing their dismay and anguish and frustration over this continuing to happen. But you have opportunists that come in and try to take advantage of Civil, and I put an emphasis on civil unrest, and try to create chaos and then opportunity to commit other nefarious acts. So here was, uh, I'll just play this, this is a little over a minute long. This is uh, then police chief uh, Tim Gannon during the uh, press conference, the initial statements uh, regarding the shooting. This is from Monday afternoon. Jacob, go ahead. One final question. What was your decision to issue a dispersal order um, while they were peacefully protesting in front of the uh, police station? What what led to you to issue a dispersal order and then on the back end of that 10-minute dispersal order, then to issue out uh, CO2 canisters and gas uh, for the crowd? So, Can you talk to us about yeah, that? Just so everybody's clear, I was front and, front and center at the protest, at the at the riot. Um, we did not... It was a riot. Don't do that. Stop. Stop right there. there. Stop right there. Do you hear how morally offended they get? Oh, how dare you say, well, no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. There was no riot. Yeah, there was. Okay. It is okay to point out that there were peaceful protesters, which the Brooklyn Center police chief conceded. Yeah, there were peaceful protesters, but also the reason that a dispersal order was given and canisters were fired is because then some people, again, opportunists devolved it into a riot. What do you call it when they are breaking store windows and going in and looting these storefronts? What, what are we supposed to call it? It's amazing how these people get so morally offended when you point out a riot. Or that there was a riot. Again, there, there, there are multiple groups that are coming together. 
there are some peaceful protesters, largely from the Black Lives Matter organization. I know people like to pig pile upon Black Lives Matter. But there are people who are waving BLM flags that were out there peacefully protesting. That's a fact. But there's also a fact that there were some other folks, whether they were part of BLM or part of these opportunists or, you know, Antifa later made an appearance later in the week, that were legitimately rioting. So, uh, Jacob, if we have that other uh, sound, I don't know if you found that other sound clip. So this, uh, this, this unfortunately is what happens when you get an over-eager media that gets morally offended when you're pointing out things that actually happen because, you know, they can't conveniently cut and paste this. So uh, Sarah Seidner, she was a CNN reporter, and she was confronted uh, by a uh, protester out in the street. And uh, I'd like to shake this guy's hand because he basically called out the media for who they are and what they're doing. So this would be cut number four, CNN anchor Sarah Seidner, CNN reporter, I guess, Sarah Seidner, being confronted by a gentleman who uh, didn't really want to give his name. So here we go. Just now, I'm going to try to sort of stand in the street a little bit. You look there. Now you can see. Now you can see. see y'all be twisting up the story. You want to talk to me? Do you want to talk yep. to me? Okay, cool. Talk. Don't take my mic, I'll but we're cool. Okay. What is your, what's your name? What's my name? My name is my name. All right. So tell me what you think about what's going on What I think here. about this yeah. is all the press and all the extra shit y'all do makes this worse. You yep. think so? Yes. Hey, man. When we people want to protest, yeah. they shouldn't do it in front of a police. This, yeah. Courthouse, like that. You get what the f- saying? I want you to be careful. I want you to be careful. I really of do. What? Of anything that can of hit what? you. Of anything that can hit you. Look at of all the stuff. Of, of this. He's not scared. Of this. Do it look like I'm scared? No, you don't. Do it you look don't. like I'm scared? You don't. You don't. Exactly. Y'all need to get up out of here with all that twisting up the media. Ass. Okay. Real- you don't know me, but we don't don't know we're going to get to know each other. That's you're what gonna we're going to get gonna to know each other. Yes, huh? we are. Let's we see. are. We are. How are you going to know me? I'm going to talk. I'm going to share yeah, our number with you. All right, let's do it. No, let's do it right let's here. Let's do it. All right, here's my, here's my phone. Let's no, go ahead and share my number. Talk about something that's real. Tell me what's y'all real. Y'all just going to edit out the We're live. live. We and are then y'all going to edit out some other We're live right now. We're not live. I'm live right now. I don't care if you live or not. Okay. Get away from here with all that media. That this y'all doing right now? Look, we're with CNN. Then we're take live. that camera all the way up there. Then. We are going up there. That's take it all the way. There. Y'all doing all the extra for the backhand to make Listen, people look all crazy than what the there. they are. All right, then you watch us because that's where we're going. There. All right, so everybody's got a hot head right now, as you might imagine, because <laughs> it is really, Sarah's really hot up. right now. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Sarah Seidner, CNN reporter. Uh, on the scene there being confronted by a gentleman who call, who, who's telling it like it is because that's what the media does. You know, they want to cut and paste and, and form their own narrative. And what it does is it just can, it just further uh, divides people and causes further divisiveness on any of these hot button issues. And so I, again, I'd love to shake that gentleman's hand again. He didn't want to give his name. And of course uh, he was doing the uh, proper thing and wearing a face mask during the uh, COVID protocols. Okay. So uh, and he just he just came out there and, and confronted her right there on, on live television. And that was great. And, and you know what? This this is this is another classic case of the media trying to make themselves a, some sort of martyr, some sort of heroes. And, and look, I'm not going to diminish their role here. There are plenty of media folks out there covering this because this is news. I'll grant you that this is newsworthy. No doubt about it. And there are media folks who are putting themselves in harm's way because when officers are firing rubber bullets, uh, projectiles, other uh, tear gas, canisters, what have you, okay, some of them can get caught caught in the crossfire, these media folks. But what they're trying to do is, is they often make themselves the story. It's like, why, why, aren't, why aren't more of you standing up for the peaceful protesters? And again, I'm not going to lump everybody together as everybody that goes out there uh, to demonstrate our rioters. They're not. They're legitimately not. But why are you so sanctimonious and indignant over your people being put in harm's way when you have other people out there exercising their legitimate First Amendment rights that are getting a heck of a lot worse than you are? Well, why, why does the story have to be about you people? That's a rhetorical question. Okay, the, the, I mean, the, these are sanctimonious types. The how dare you, you know, air that they seem to carry that really got uh, insufferable during the Trump administration. But there is there's that. And then there was another video out there being shared via Twitter where you had 
members, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they were Antifa because these are their tactics where they kneel down and they hold umbrellas. And then when they commit nefarious, like they, and then they'll sneak in amongst the peaceful protest and start chucking rocks and heavy things at police officers and then duck back behind the umbrellas. And then the police officers think it's the actual uh, protesters. But it's Antifa committing these acts. Well, a bunch of these guys with their umbrellas, they were, uh, I believe was a Black Lives Matter member, confronted them and basically screaming in their face, ready to take every single one of them on, saying, get up on out of here. Okay, get out of here. We don't want you. This is a peaceful protest. We want want you causing any chaos or hijacking our movement. And you know what? Kudos to that guy, too. And during the during the protests uh, in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, same thing was happening. You had people who were trying to hijack the cause of a peaceful protest. And then sadly, it all gets lumped into to a riot. And then you, even though there are some legitimately riotous elements, when the media comes back with, how oh, dare you? I mean, it's just a vicious cycle. We could go round and round. There's definitely a lot to get to. We want to focus on, however, the incident at hand where, again, 20-year-old Dante Wright was shot and killed by police, and he shouldn't have been. But what also where the media is complicit is how they're reporting this. The implication was, well, look at this, a young black kid, 20 years old, he was shot over uh, air freshener on his mirror and expired tabs. No, he wasn't. That's not why he was shot. And if that's how you're reporting it, you're lying and you're dishonest. So we're going to talk more about this, but we're not going to sit here and blindly defend the police either, folks. There was some definitely errors in protocol and tactics, which we're going to talk about with our next guest, a friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson, who is going to be joining us again next segment. And we are here to take your phone calls as well. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the chat. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family, all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter the promo code MINNEAPOLIS at checkout. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. So you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that you can really dig into, but you can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give GodTube.com a try. GodTube.com is loaded with sermons from well-known and revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. And there are no shady comment threads or questionable content. 
just great sermon after sermon. Hear God's Word daily, grow deeper in your faith, and be inspired by the sermon section on GodTube.com. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. I am still living with your ghost. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. Always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, joined via phone right now by our first guest, Peter Johnson, longtime friend of the broadcast. Usually have him on to talk about uh, firearms issues, but Peter also an expert not only that, but in crisis management, security, and his organization, Archway Defense. Uh, one of the uh, areas where they specialize in is training of law enforcement officers. So Peter obviously has some insights as to the incident that took place last Sunday in Brooklyn Center. Uh, Peter, always good to hear from you, sir. How are you? As always, thank you for having me on. So I, we've been talking the first segment about the incident in uh, Brooklyn Center. A young man, a 20-year-old young man, Dante Wright, uh, ultimately shot uh, and killed by police. We'll, we'll certainly get to that, The uh, what the then police chief referred to as an accidental discharge. But I, let's start from the beginning. He was uh, initially pulled over, cited for expired tabs and uh, allegedly an air freshener on the mirror. A lot of people are falsely claiming that's why he was killed and arrested. You don't get arrested for those things. You get cited for expired tabs and uh, other violations, but uh, had a warrant for his arrest, which we'll get into a little bit. But let take me through first when he was placed under arrest again for this outstanding warrant. Uh, what did you see from a tactical standpoint, Peter Johnson, that maybe officers did wrong that allowed him that split second to escape uh, back into his car? So the, the initial stop, um, or we'll take the initial contact officer, that was the first officer to physically make contact with the suspect. Okay. What, when they made the initiation or the decision to arrest based on an outstanding warrant, which is perfectly within their scope of work, they should do it. Right. Um, well, the, the first contact officer uh, grabbed the suspect, and there was a, from the video and reaching out to law enforcement, there was a brief pause um, and a hesitation on the part of the initial contact officer to control the suspect. And the danger is with the proximity of the car, because he was uh, left, they initiated this uh, attempt arrest right next to the driver's door, which from a tactic standpoint was, was a failure. Okay. Uh, they should have brought him away from got him away from the door to make more space because from the law enforcement perspective, you don't know what's in that car. And right. specifically with this, this suspect pre previous knowledge of a suspect's history can and should go into your decision-making process. And this uh, suspect was a known what law enforcement had often, often referred to as a frequent flyer in the sense there's multiple arrests, multiple contacts, very well known throughout the department and the area, not just, BC, Brooklyn Center, but BP, Minneapolis, and even St. Paul. So um, he was not unknown to law enforcement by any stretch of the imagination. So that that type of knowledge should have dictated a different tactic uh, during initiating the arrest for the first contact officer. It all broke down uh, as soon as the hesitation of the first contact officer hesitated, didn't use enough um, force in a sense of uh, like handcuffing, that sure. is force. So mm -hmm. that's an appropriate level of force, but didn't use force quickly enough and controlled enough, which gave the suspect a split second to decide whether or not they're going to fight. And as someone who's personally gone through this, this is exactly when people fight. So if, especially if you're dealing with a frequent flyer, someone who's been in the system, uh, somebody who has a violent criminal past, which this suspect did, um, if I know that, I know that I can't give them that window to start 
contemplating whether or not to fight me or any other officer. So that was the biggest, that, that cascaded a chain of events that just got out of control with the ultimate uh, second officer coming in, who was actually the training officer, the uh, right. FTO, field training officer. Yep. She came in um, to try to uh, get a hold of the suspect because now you have a, remember what the warrant's for, we know what the warrant was for as the officer. Now you have this suspect actively resisting and going inside of a vehicle that is not controlled and you don't know what's in there and the suspect has a well-known history of illegally carrying guns and using firearms. So that is going through your thought process. He's inside the vehicle and then from there everything breaks down from drawing out a a Glock on strong side um, while yelling taser, 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 discharging the firearm one time and immediately you can tell the the second officer, the, the field training officer, realized that she did not pull her taser and she in fact pulled her pistol um, and did in fact fire one round at the suspect while he was fighting inside the vehicle. I guess the obvious question, Peter, that a lot of your colleagues uh, have probably been broached with is, how does something like that happen? I mean, how do you mistake your service pistol, your firearm, for your taser, which, as you alluded to, is on your weak side, and you have to reach around to get your taser, whereas your uh, firearm, obviously on your strong side, where it's readily available. And obviously a lot of the questions, number one is, can't you tell the difference between in sheer weight and structure between the taser and firearm? And secondly, this is a 26-year veteran of the police force. How does this happen? So, And that's exactly, unfortunately, and you know I'm, pro-law enforcement on so many levels, of course. but there are yep. times where we have to be brutally honest. So the, the officer, um, and I don't, uh, complete disclosure, I don't personally know this officer. I do know Brooklyn Center SWAT team. She was not on their SWAT team. I've trained that SWAT team on uh, firearms development many times. Okay. Uh, truth be told, again, complete disclosure, our company has donated our time to them because their budget from city council and the mayor have always been squeezed to death. They're never given the gear, the training, or support from the city, the mayor, uh, or anybody. And that's why, so complete disclosure, I have trained BC SWAT team. I've never trained this officer. She was never on SWAT, so I had no interaction with her. But I do have knowledge of BC um, constantly, uh, I apologize, Brooklyn Center, constantly being reduced, their training budgets reduced, and going to the bare minimum standards. Well, we all know what's going to happen with bare minimum standards. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And she is a veteran, a 26-year-old veteran. Um, But on the patrol side, because because law enforcement over the past, basically since Ferguson, I would say, has been fewer and fewer candidates applying. So you have a smaller pool. Mm -hmm. The quality of candidates is going down. So the smaller pool with less qualified candidates, there's a, there's a, especially with senior officers, there's an uh, uh, unwritten rule in some departments where they can just show up to training and barely participate. And what are you going to do? Are you going to fire them when you're already short? Or are you going to let them just go through the the motions? And this is a dangerous, slippery slope that we've gone down to the point of um, not supporting law enforcement with meaningful training and then standards. The standards, because there's not enough applicants, and the applicants are getting worse, so the cops that you currently have, you can't get rid of, like, 26 years. You can't fire her. Sure. I, mean, I mean, you could have, I guess, but you can't fire her for not participating actively in training. But there's a, there's a concept, and it happens across the entire country, of a, of a culture towards the upper echelon or of day shift cops that is uh, – ROD, retired on duty, if you will. Mm, okay. And it's not a compliment to call somebody an ROD or a no, rod squad. I wouldn't think. <laughs> um, it, no, because it, it's simply saying that the, they've learned over the years that they won't get in trouble for doing nothing. Uh, that they can't get hemmed up for not responding. They'll only get hemmed up for responding, or they'll only get in trouble for responding. So then there's a culture that's taking place, and this is, Started, we started with the Ferguson effect, and throughout law enforcement training, we were seeing it. It was cops are doing less work because 
and getting uh, less hands-on. They're doing less training because their, their decision was, I won't get in trouble if I do less. I only get in trouble when I'm proactively policing, when I'm going out trying to find those people shooting up the city, when I'm going after those um, predators and everything else. That's when bad stuff starts coming because you come on a confrontation course with somebody who's, uh, or a collision course, pardon me, with somebody who is a frequent flyer, known felon, armed, and generally violent. Peter, I'm later, sorry, Peter, I'm sorry to need to interrupt you right here. we got one of those hard breaks coming up, but we'll be back no with problem. another segment. Yeah, uh, Peter Johnson, he's the founder of Archway Defense. Check out the website, archwaydefense.com. Back with another segment with Peter on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Attention real estate investors. Do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money anyway you want if you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch we can help you turn your equity into fast cash call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need 800-296-1229-800-296-1229-800-296-1229 that's 800-296-1229 If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. An advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Ryan Vreck, Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. I got into an accident on my way home from work one day, and my car was totaled. Hi, I'm Diana from Shoreview. So the rental that I was given was an Elantra. So I was like, I like this car. I want to go find an Elantra. I'm a first-time car shopper, and I had to do it all by myself because I don't have any family around. I was very scared walking into it because I always hear those cliches about car shopping. When I first walked through the doors at Invergrove Hyundai, they greeted me with a smile, and they seemed like very genuinely kind people. I was surprised at how painless the process was. If you're looking for a great deal on a car and an excellent care team, I highly recommend Invergrove Hyundai. Get up to $3,000 cash back or 0% financing for up to 60 months with $1,500 cash back on the 2021 Tucson or Kona. Every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. InvergroveHyundai.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, continuing our discussion with friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson. He's the founder of Archway Defense. Check out their website, archwaydefense.com. One of the many services... Uh, their organization provides is the training of law enforcement officers. So obviously Peter has few things to say about what unfolded uh, in Brooklyn Center last Sunday afternoon when uh, 20-year-old Dante Wright was killed by a uh, police officer uh, who has since been identified as Officer Kimberly Potter, a 26-year veteran of the police force. So obviously there ensued more questions then answers. Uh, Peter, continuing our uh, discussion on this, I mean, you've outlined pretty thoroughly uh, the just sheer pro- errors and protocols and tactics when 
uh, arresting young Mr. Wright, who, by the way, we should uh, we should point out there was a warrant issued on April 2nd, which was nine days before uh, he was um, attempted to be taken under arrest last Sunday. Uh, it was a, a gross misdemeanor uh, carrying possession of pistol without a permit and a misdemeanor in fleeing a police officer by means other than a motor vehicle. So this idea that he was shot and killed because of expired tabs and an air freshener dangling from his mirror makes for an outrageous narrative and is effective in dividing people on this issue. But it couldn't be further from the truth, Peter Johnson. And it's not helpful either. Correct. And the I just laid out in the last segment how the officers were wrong. The right. pulling your duty weapon opposed to a taser is fundamentally wrong and she she is charged she has been charged now with second-degree manslaughter yep so when they say we want justice well i'm i would argue right now that uh that officer will likely face and this is my opinion will likely face more jail time than mr wright would have ever faced for all of his armed robberies shootings and drug dealings right now think about that for a second to say that there's no justice she will likely spend more time in jail than Mr. Wright ever would have spent for armed robbery, assaults, shootings, and drug dealings. I mean, this he was a well-known person in uh, the Twin Cities metro realm in the sense of shootings, drug dealings, basically just being a gangbanger. So, well, I under- he, yeah, I understand all that, and and yeah. and I'd like to I'd like to add on to that as well is. You know, kudos to uh, Police Chief Tim Gannon, who uh, ultimately uh, resigned. You could maybe argue he was forced to resign. That's neither here nor there. But before he resigned, uh, he was very transparent in getting the body cam footage out within 24 hours of the shooting taking place. Now, Peter, you can uh, you can va- can you can you confirm that's pretty expeditious considering a high-profile shooting of this magnitude? Is it not? That's very impressive from a transparency standpoint. Um, And generally, uh, the talking heads on whatever pick your alphabet news organization will generally say uh, they they don't release the body cam footage soon enough. They never do. Right. They only release it when it's completely cleared, when it's a blatantly obvious, what we would call a clean uh, use of force, clean shooting. Sure. Well, this wasn't right. a clean. I mean, this was obviously there are some huge problems, and it will have to be fished out or uh, hammered out in court. And she is allowed due process, um, but there is a battle there in court that's going to happen on this. He didn't. The the chief did not wait uh, for the city to burn for weeks to go by, where speculation continued to go out of whack. Like you said, the air freshener. He was shot for an air freshener. We know that's fundamentally in completely false right. narrative but the fact that the officer uh, the chief did release it that quickly uh is impressive i would argue that this is a uh, training issue and there's nothing in all because i've reached out to many people that will i will not name but this is not a race issue this was a training issue the the suspect uh the color of the suspect versus the color of the officer i know everybody wants to push that narrative uh, but this is simply not a race issue. It is a fundamental training failure. Yeah, I, I think that that has become more transparent as time has gone on. But unfortunately, uh, nobody waits for facts anymore. I mean, you deal with this as much as anybody, Peter, when you're seeing a lot of these, say, these high-profile mass shootings within five minutes, literally, and I do mean literally, before the bodies are even cold, you have these progressive politicians calling for gun control. And then when it is later revealed that the calls for gun control that you're making would not have prevented that particular mass shooting on which they're opining, it doesn't matter. They still are calling for it. So to your point, as we're getting to know the facts more, it it's already been too little too late. There's already been more injustices done, i.e. people having their livelihoods lost through businesses being burned to the ground and, and everything else. Well, that being said, we talk about how this was not a race issue, and I, you know, I'd be inclined to agree that that is not the case. I think the officer who was trying to put the cuffs on uh, Dante Wright was a black man himself, if I remember right. But yes. yeah, that having been said, do you think that? And again, not excusing Dante Wright's reaction, but when he's trying to evade arrest, get into his car, and drive away, 
Is it possible he's thinking of an incident? You certainly remember the Flando Castillo incident. I think you would concur, Peter, that Flando Castillo went above and beyond the call of duty to reveal a factoid. He was under no obligation to reveal that he was a legal permit to carry holder and he had a firearm in his center console. He wasn't under any obligation to reveal that, but he did, and he still wound up dead for it. So kind of playing devil's advocate here, don't you think that could enter into some young black man's thinking when he's being pulled over, regardless if there's a real threat or not? I would argue that it definitely does. And the danger is it's been placed into a section of the community as if you comply with law enforcement, one, you're, you're a snitch. If you, if you comply with law enforcement while you're being arrested, you're going to get murdered, which fundamentally, factually is not true. We know that it's a complete fabricated narrative. So the danger is these narratives have been pushed into um, communities saying that if you comply during an arrest, you're going to get murdered, which that creates a process or a system where people are now going to fight law enforcement more while they're on, while they're in the process of getting arrested, which then creates a more tense, uncertain, and rapidly evolving situation, which is the Supreme Court's definition of how law enforcement activity is. So this this narrative of if you comply during an arrest, they're just going to murder you, has been pushed so far that it's actually increasing uh, violence or Use, officer uses of force because when let's just be clear on this nobody has the right to resist arrest it is not within your uh minnesota state statute that if you don't feel like it you can resist arrest that's not how it works of course right the process is you go to court and you you fight the elements of the crime and the discussion in court that's where you resist and you have your fight your fight is in court not on the street because once you go into that tense, uncertain, and rapidly evolving situation, like what Mr. Wright created by the resisting and jumping into his vehicle, not excusing the officer for pulling a firearm, just to be clear, mm-hmm. I'm not excusing that by any means, yep. but the chain of events were created by the suspect actively resisting and attempting to flee officers. It doesn't uh, condone the behavior of the officer, but it sure as heck doesn't turn uh, Mr. Wright into a martyr or a saint for what he did. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it, everyone should agree on that this is just an awful tragedy that should never have happened. Uh, and But at the same time, there really is no easy answer. There is no, well, these cops are obviously racist and they were just lying in wait for a black man to come uh, driving along and boom, you know, driving while black and he's got expired tabs and bonus. He's got an, a, a, an arrest warrant. Uh, you know, it's just, it's not that simple. And also, yeah, we, we've read about young Mr. Wright's, uh, history and he does have a record, no doubt about it, but no, no one is also arguing that, uh, he should have been killed for the crimes that he did commit to your, to your point, Peter, he probably wouldn't, be served nearly as much jail time as Officer Potter will end up uh, uh, receiving uh, once she goes through a, a trial. But I think we can all agree there's just there's just no neat little bow we could put on this package because it was just an awful, unfortunate incident. But that just doesn't seem to be accepted by a lot of the people who are who are responding to this. Correct, and even we have representatives calling for um, just last night. I confirmed this at. A representative of Waters, Maxine Waters, was in Brooklyn Center telling people to get more confrontational if uh, if the outcome of the trial. That uh, doesn't sound like Maxine Waters. Come on, Peter Johnson. She she was. She. It's not like she's ever said we need to get up in people's faces at restaurants if they defy our progressive. (laughs) Oh wait, sorry. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. So no. So we're we're putting this collision course keeps happening and here here's the problem is we i'd like to kind of create a uh, an image in front of you it's law enforcement uh is continually called racist and they're the problem with everything correct i mean that's a pretty sure. standard whatever that's going on right now now we have law or uh, uh politicians continuing to pass laws that require law enforcement to get more uh engagement with the community, which is uh, 
whatever, if that's one of them, or all these laws are passed by politicians right. on the state, local, and federal level. Yep. So you have politicians telling cops to do more work. You have cops being told that they're racist for everything they do. Then you have officers deciding because of the the no-win situation that they're put in from the politician side, which, by the way, the politicians that pass those laws will immediately go in front of the media, like Miss Waters, and say that uh, the cops are all racist and they're horrible, while she continues to pass laws that require the cops to engage with the criminal element in the U.S. So now the cops are put in a no-win position, and they've decided, a lot of them, to be retired on duty because it's a lot easier to just do nothing than it is to be a proactive professional police officer and get hands-on and go after the gangbangers, the people who shoot up the block, the people putting fentanyl on our streets. This, those, that is not an easy job. Well, then fewer cops now, we're, let's go down this chain a little bit, fewer candidates, pardon me, are being called to law enforcement because they're like, why would I do this for that money? The money is not great. It's actually, in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty horrible. Right. So the pay isn't great. I'm being called a racist and um, a pig and whatever the other blangs are for, for the time and date and manner, but from the community, from the politicians, while the politicians pass more laws to make me go out in the street and do more, so you have fewer candidates. Of those candidates, the quality of candidates is reduced, and now the training is reduced because, hey, defund the police, get rid of the budget. I'm telling you right now, I travel all over the country training law enforcement. The number one thing that is cut when a budget is cut easiest thing to do is training reduce the training so now you have less training with less qualified candidates in a more tumultuous situation that is not a winning recipe for anybody no. everybody should be who's listening should be concerned gravely concerned of where we're headed once again we're joined by peter johnson he's the founder of archway defense check out their fine work archwaydefense.com peter need to take another break are you able to hold for just one final segment with us Gladly. Thank you. Okay. We'll be back with one final segment this hour with our guest, Peter Johnson, here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. From executive producer and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell comes the hilarious new faith-based comedy, Church People, with a special guest appearance from Mike himself. Church People is a hilarious, heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough. It all starts when America's youth pastor, Guy Sides, realizes he's stuck in the megachurch marketing machine and wants to find his passion again. But when Guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry, he is thrust into the throes of dis waiting his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. Church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch church people at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Enter the promo code Minneapolis for additional savings. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-555-2085 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-555-2085 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you he's on meds too call 800-555-2085 800-555-2085 i appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. 
So there's a very simple way for you to help the station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment with our guest, Peter Johnson. He's the founder of Archway Defense. Check out their work at archwaydefense.com. One of the many, uh, out, one of the, uh, many things that they have going on at Archway Defense, uh, one of the many areas where they engage in is training of law enforcement officers. So Peter's done a terrific job kind of uh, informing us what goes into that and uh, where officers uh, made tactical errors this uh, past Sunday, in the uh, which ultimately resulted in the shooting death of 20-year-old uh, Dante Wright. Uh, Peter, I, we only have one final short segment. Um, I, I, do, I am curious about one thing, and this is something that's been brought up. When arrest warrants are issued, and uh, like there was one for Dante Wright, it was issued on April 2nd, and they pulled him over, you know, last Sunday. So it was nine days after the warrant was issued. How how did what is the procedure behind that? When a warrant is issued, do arresting officers go to the uh, accused's house and try to serve the warrant and arrest him or her there, or do they just wait for traffic stops, lie and wait for to pull them over? I mean, how, I, I guess my question is, you know, if this was outstanding for nine days, were they not able to to track him down? How does that? What typically happens uh, with that particular procedure? So typically, and that's a it's a dangerous word because uh, it's typically has changed aggressively over the past couple of years. But sure. uh, even just a couple of years ago, if you had a warrant at briefing, they would go down saying, "Hey, we're looking for a warrant on, or we've got an active warrant on John Doe at this. Can somebody go by? He's driving this vehicle. Go try to pick him up." Right, right. and that was a very common thing. Um, the more the more aggressive of the warrant, the obviously higher priority. So crimes of violence, predators would get prioritization over somebody who might have a, a warrant for a financial issue, if okay. that makes sense. Yep. Right. So uh, nine, nine days of an active warrant uh, <laughs> in Brooklyn Center, uh, if you stop enough vehicles in a day, you're going to find multiple warrants. I'm mm. just telling you that. As someone who's – I've actually done a couple ride-alongs with those guys, uh, just they were – they asked me if I want to jump in with them, see their work, uh, their SWAT team uh, work. And there was multiple times where there's warrants, I mean, left, right, center, everywhere you're going. So the number of warrants are, are pretty common. And right now, especially Hennepin County, the uh, Hennepin County's judicial system is basically a revolving door at this point. Even uh, the felony warrant arrests that were made during the riots um, over the past couple of nights, most of them, most of those, all the charges have already been dropped, okay. which means there's no repercussions for looting, uh, trying to set fire to stuff, attacking cops. That's currently happening right now. So for this to only be nine-day-old warrant, that's not crazy. Okay. But if the vehicle was registered to him, which I'm not sure if it was, but if it was, when they ran the plate, it would be flagged on that MDC and the squad computer that the vehicle, the driver of the vehicle, or the registered occupant of the vehicle has an outstanding warrant. Which happened here, uh, right? Then I believe it did. So okay. if, I'm, if I'm wrong on that, I'll, I'll fact check that. But regardless, once you stop the, the individual and grab an ID, then you confirm the identity of the individual. And okay. if the stop was based on a uh, tabs or registration, that's a valid stop that could lead to an arrest if they find out that the individual has a warrant, even if it's not their car. Because uh, the, the warrant doesn't matter who's driving. Uh, all, all that matters is the warrant's attached to that person. So even if they're driving a friend's car with expired tabs, the officer can still legally pull over that vehicle because the expired tabs. Once they identify that the now driver has a warrant, well, they can arrest the driver for that warrant regardless of the tabs. 
Okay, yeah, that that's something I was curious about because it's like, you know, if this warrant is outstanding, I mean, do they at least try to execute it? I mean, is there a section of the police department that specializes this? So I, I appreciate the clarity on this. Uh, Peter, we only have a couple of minutes left. Yep. Um, I don't know if we have much time to develop this, but I'll at least throw this out to you anyways. Uh, Mayor Mike Elliott of uh, Brooklyn Center, who, by the way, seems way in over his head on a lot of this, so I actually kind of feel bad for the gentleman. Perhaps one of the most absurd statements I had was, you know, I get it, it's the emotion and the aftermath of the shooting, but this idea that cops should not be armed during traffic stops when something, I think it was in Virginia or Maryland, where a cop got shot on a traffic stop, uh, not the most uh, well-timed advice, Peter Johnson. No, so it, it just happened in Arizona. I'm currently in Maricopa County training SWAT teams out here. Oh, okay. Um, and it just they, they lost an officer on the freeway, um, a known uh, drug runner, armed, dangerous individual, shot and killed an officer on a traffic stop while literally, I believe it was this week. Um, so, the yes, the mayor of, uh, of Brooklyn Center is, uh, not only in over his head, and again, just my opinion, but also uh, so painfully naive to the problems that are in the Brooklyn Center community with the gang, drugs, and violent criminals, which that's, again, not my opinion. You can just look up the crime stats and see how many shootings, how many um, aggravated assaults, how many robberies happen there. It is statistically higher than most uh, municipalities in the city. So he's not only in over his head, but he's uh, willfully blind to the real work that the cops actually are tasked with doing in Brooklyn Center. Uh, again, I've said at the beginning, Brooklyn Center, I know it personally, their budgets have always been one of the lowest uh, per officer in the metro. Their training has always been cut or reduced by city council and the mayor's office. So in all honesty, Brooklyn Center has been set up for failure from their leadership at the city level for years. Yeah, and in the aftermath, it was just a, a disaster. I mean, the city council voted right away to uh, fire the uh, uh, the city manager who was in charge of overseeing the police, and then the mayor gave himself that purview, or the city council gave the mayor then that purview per their city charter. They were authorized to do that. You can argue whether that was wise or not. And then the police chief ends up resigning. Uh, so the aftermath was just uh, horribly managed and just... Uh, and not a pretty sight to, to behold, so we certainly hope and pray for the best resolution for healing with that community. But that, definitely a def, tough road ahead of them, that's for sure. So, uh, Peter Johnson, always an honor, sir. Thanks so much. Next time you're in town, come in studio. We'll talk some more. Appreciate the time as always, sir. Will do. Thanks for having me. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, our number one in the can. I'm our number two coming back. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-285-0395. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-0395. 800-285-0395. 800-285-0395. 
Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. Celebrating two decades on.